Hi friends, my name is Andy, my pronouns are he and him, and welcome to the Hope Collective Church podcast. Here at Hope Collective Church, our mission is to develop inclusive communities where people discover sacred worth and calling, and our four core values are empathy, inclusion, trust, and humility. This week, we're beginning our new sermon series, Unexpected Acts of God, and Pastor John has a sermon called A Surprising Turnaround, which focuses on Peter and the other apostles being put in prison from Acts 5, verses 17 through 39. And now, here's John. Hey friends, my name is John Morgan. My pronouns are he and him. I want to welcome you to Hope Collective Church. Uh, For those of you watching online, you can see that I'm recording from my sun porch again today. The weather is pretty good. And uh, I started and have stopped this recording several times because of the dogs barking and the kids yelling outside. And then I thought, you know what, what? That's the beauty of being uh, out on the sun porch, right? So I'm not going to stop recording anymore. If if outdoor noises happen, I'm just going to let them happen. I'm excited that we're going to start this new series today called The Unexpected Acts of God. And we're going to journey through the book of Acts and observe how God has shown up in unexpected ways. And we're even going to embrace the unpredictable leading of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. Before we get there, I do have a confession to make, a confession of the pastor, right? Everyone kind of leans in and, uh, you know, listens a little bit closer when when I mention the word word confession. Well, I've been stressed out this week, and that's not, that's actually not my confession, uh, but, but I've been stressed out this week because we're supposed to make this total shift in our church database and our online giving platform, and, um, we're not quite ready to do that yet. And actually, that's not, my, that's not my confession either. But before extending the invitation to the church, I invited our focus group to download the app uh, and to give online. And it was brought to my attention that, that this app that we were going to use um, has a built-in gender question. And there were only two answers to the question, male and female. And only having those two options doesn't represent Hope Collective's mission and core values well, does it? And it definitely doesn't represent God's all-inclusive love. And my confession is that when I went through the app myself, I missed it. And And that's humbling to me because it exposes my privilege. But I'm thankful for our focus group and that someone, that someone caught this. And we called the company, and, and, and they claimed that they can't delete the gender question or add any options to the two options that are already there. And they simply invited us to ignore the question altogether, just to tell everyone in the church, hey, just, just skip over that. Well, first of all, that's a privilege that straight cisgender people have, right? And second, we can't choose convenience at the expense of othering people in our church and in our community. And and third, we believe that this actually is an important question if it has all the options uh, available because we want to do our best to to call people by the correct pronouns and to honor people's gender identity. And so I know this is going to cause a little bit more confusion, but our team is getting us connected with yet another database and online giving platform that represents our 
mission and our core value well, and that represents God's all-inclusive love. And I know that some of you are early adapters, and you've already switched your uh, online giving to the new platform, and, and I know others are still on the old platform, and this is what's stressing me out this week, is that... Um, it just doesn't seem controllable to me. And then I got to the point with, you know what? That's okay. Because the good news is you don't have to make any changes today. You can keep on continue, uh, continuing what you've already, where, where you already are, how you're already giving. And I just want to say thank you, first of all, for your support. Thanks for, uh, thanks for navigating this journey alongside us. And as soon as we uh, switch our platforms again, I promise you, you will be the first to know, all right? Well, today, I'm going to pause for a drink for a moment. Today, our message is called A Surprising Turnaround. It actually has nothing to do with changing our online giving platform, but it does have something to do with changing direction. Have you ever found yourself going down the path in life you thought you would always be going down, then all of a sudden you, you feel like the Holy Spirit's giving you that nudge to not just to, to take a different path, but maybe even a better path in life. And, and the, the questions come up, how do we know this is the, the nudging of the Holy Spirit? But maybe even a deeper question is, how do we embrace that leading of the Holy Spirit in our life? How do we embrace that surprising turnaround? Well, the Apostle Luke wrote the book of Acts after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. So even though we've left the book of Luke, we're still reading Luke's writings. And we'll start with chapter 5 where we read about the apostles preaching and performing miracles. Luke writes that there are so many sick people in need of healing that that they were just laid out in the street and they were um, just praying that the apostles, specifically they were praying Peter, would walk on by so that maybe even his shadow would, would cover over them and they would receive healing in their lives. Uh, do you remember talking about Peter during Holy Week? This is the, the same guy who denied knowing Jesus three times before Jesus was crucified. Uh, Peter, we as we read through the Gospels, his, his faith is like hot and cold. Like he has ups and downs. And maybe that's why we can relate to him so well is because it describes, it describes our faith. Like, he's so relatable. Like in one moment, he's insecure, he's unpredictable, he's unreliable. And then we see this turnaround here in the book of Acts where he has so much healing power in him that's just overflowing. It's just oozing out of him that the people around him are experiencing God's healing. And how, how is that turnaround even possible? Well, let's go back to the scripture where... Um, Acts five seventeen, the people were were being healing by, uh, were being healed by Peter's shadow. <laughs> Verse seventeen, the high priest took action. The scripture says, and all who were with him, that is the sect of the Sadducees, being filled with jealousy, arrested the apostles, and put them in public prison. Now, why did the high priest have 
have Peter and the apostles arrested is because people were receiving healing in their lives. It was because the spirit of the living God was being accessed through the work of the apostles. And if that's the case for guilt, right? If the reason for being found guilty is that the spirit of the living God is oozing out of the believer so much that the people around them experience healing, then I pray that, that our church would be found guilty every single time, right? I pray that the evidence of God's healing power is so strong against us that we wouldn't have any defense. Guilty as charged. Verse 19 goes on to say, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors, brought them out and said, go, stand in the temple and tell the people the whole message of this life. And I know we're just breezing through uh, the scripture quickly till we get to today's main, main scripture. But that's exactly what the apostles did when they were set free from prison. They went out to proclaim the good news. They went out to tell people about the new life that God brings through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the religious leaders didn't know about this setting free at first. And they went to the prison to question the apostles. And the doors were locked, the scripture says, but the cells were empty. Have you ever had a turnaround in your life where you've been set free, but the people who knew you beforehand, your, your friends and family maybe, they expected to, to meet you where you were still in prison, where, where they expected you to still be in captivity, and that's where they desired to meet you. And the temptation is to go back and meet those people there, to meet them in that place of captivity, right? But that's not who you are anymore. John chapter 8 verse 36 says, Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Will you say that, that verse with me? Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Sometimes we need to remind our loved ones, if you want to find me, don't look for me in that old place anymore. Don't look for me in captivity. That's not where you'll find me. That's not who I am. I've been set free. We go on to verse 25. Then someone arrived and announced, Look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the temple police and, and brought them, but without violence, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. Of course they were afraid, right? <laughs> Do you remember why the apostles were found guilty in the first place? Because God's spirit was oozing out of them and it was healing all the people who were in need of healing. And the high priest then started questioning them, the scripture tells us, as to why they weren't being obedient to his authority. Okay, this is where we pick up in, in today's main text, verse 29. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than any human authority. 
The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior, that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witness to these things, as so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. What a bold statement of faith that Peter is proclaiming in and can you believe Peter? Like, where did this boldness come from? This is the same guy who, when the going got tough, when, when Jesus was arrested, when the going got tough, this is the same guy who ran the other direction. He was, he was scared. But, but here he is now, willing willing to go to prison and face, face the death penalty. And when he was set free, he didn't run away, but he... He stayed and preached the good news. It, it's a surprising turnaround in that now he's willing to put his life on the line in the presence of the most powerful people in Jerusalem. But this is what the resurrection does, right? If Peter on Easter morning examined the, 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 empty, or the tomb and it wasn't empty, if Jesus was still in the tomb, then this would be a different story, right? If Peter was afraid to be on team Jesus when <coughs> excuse me when Jesus was alive then there's no way he would have been on team Jesus if Jesus were dead and still in the tomb but because of the empty tomb we have this surprising turnaround have you ever had a resurrection experience that caused a turnaround in your life maybe it was overcoming a a hurt habit or hang up, or maybe it was finding the confidence to claim who God uh, created you to be, or maybe it was the courage to claim your calling and to live out your faith boldly. We're currently reading a book in our weekly discussion. This book is called Holy Love, a Biblical Theology of Human Sexuality, and it's written by a retired United Methodist pastor named Steve Harper. He talks about his theological journey moving from exclusion to inclusion. Specifically, it was the celebration of the resurrection that became a game changer in his life. Listen to this quote. My heart was being strangely warmed again, and in Lent of 2014, it burst into flame with a respect to theology of sexuality. Simply put, I entered Lent of 2014 as a welcoming but not affirming Christian and emerged from it on Easter Monday as an all-means-all Christian. It was a new place to stand, but I was not standing still. I was beginning the exploration of a new theological world, a journey that is ongoing. And I love it when Steve uses that word journey because uh, sometimes we need a journey uh, to prepare our lives for the resurrection, right? Sometimes we don't get it all at once, but, but we need that, that time of, of, of God just working on our lives. Leading up to that Easter morning in 2014, uh, Steve Harper explains in his book that, that he had been encountering God through the four pillars of Scripture, reason, tradition, and experience. And you may know these pillars as the Wesleyan quadrilateral. And these are the ways that we encounter God's voice collectively. Like, like the question we asked earlier, like how, how do we know that it's that's the Holy Spirit leading us? Or, or maybe 
more simply put, when we're praying, how do we know it's God's voice that's answering us? Well, we, we do this as we gather together around scripture, reason, tradition, and experience. And as I was reading through this book, I, I was amazed because Steve Harper seems to be writing my story as it relates to my own theological journey. And I was just thinking, I, I could have written this book. You know, I could have I could be making the thousands of dollars that, that he's making right now. Although, you know, he's a he's a little bit more um well known and published than I am. <laughs> but even in the last chapter, or one of the last chapters, the title is called You Are Loved, and I'm like, This is this is my book. <laughs> well, you may know that my life did take a surprising turnaround. In fact, I got a phone call uh, just a couple weeks ago from a pastor in town who knew me back back then. <laughs> and the very first question that this pastor asked me was, John, what happened to you? <laughs> well, he went on to describe the pastor he used to know who who uh, was set in his theological ways, maybe welcoming, but definitely not affirming, a pastor who didn't want to break any rules or ruffle any feathers, a pastor who would easily be identified as belonging to the theological conservative camp. And I just explained to him uh, the journey that many of you have, have heard multiple times. I won't go through it all, but a journey that involves studying and listening to God's voice. And a journey that involved interacting and learning from others. And a journey that, that involved understanding at a deeper level our Methodist tradition. And a journey that included many unexpected ways that God spoke through other people. Of course, you know the story that included a tearful embrace with a drag queen in New York City. And the pastor on the other end of the phone, uh, the other end of the line said, Well, I'm pleasantly surprised by the path you are taking today. And I said, You're surprised? <laughs> like, I think I'm surprised too. I don't share my story to build myself up uh, because I've already confessed today that I get it wrong enough times to, to keep me humble. But the question at the beginning was, how do we embrace a surprising turnaround in our lives? And I think in all these examples that we're seeing in Peter's life and Steve Harper's life and my life, and, and I'm guessing in your life as well, is that it all goes back to the empty tomb. That's where we gain our confidence, right? That, that's where our new lives begin. It's at the empty tomb. And like we said last week, it's, it's not our job to fill back up what God has already emptied, right? And when God gives us new life and a new journey, uh, we don't want to bury it, but we want to embrace it. <laughs> You know, going back to the story in Acts 5, the high priests and religious leaders wanted to kill Peter and the others. Do you remember why again? <laughs> it's because the Spirit was oozing out of them and, and the people were receiving healing. But one of the Pharisees made a valid argument to, to not kill them. And, and in Acts 5, verses 38 and 39, he says, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone, because if this plan or this undertaking is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is of God, 
you will not be able to overthrow them. In that case, you may even be found fighting against God. And I think this is a great ending point for us today. As we begin this series called Unexpected Acts of God, keep looking for when and where the Holy Spirit is leading you. And if it's totally unexpected, just simply allow yourself to be embraced by what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. And just know, this is the Spirit of the living God who can never fail. Right? The Spirit of the living God who will never fail you. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that this week's sermon has been a blessing and encouragement to you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Hope Collective Church for weekly online services and other ways to connect with us. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast. And again, thanks so much for listening. And remember these three words, you are loved.